0: Hi, hey there, hello, uh, and welcome to Praise Dionysus. Praise, Praise him! him. Oh! Oh. Amazing! <laughs> grace! <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> oh, I like that one. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah, welcome back. Today we are going to be talking about Lady Day at Emerson's Bar and Grill by the MTC, Long Pigs by We Three, Cluster Arts, and Theatre Works. And fall at the Art Center. Oh, what a list! Ah, oh, what a list! <laughs> so many things to talk about, Jake. Oh, I love things, and I love to
1: talk about them. <laughs> Hit it! Hello, James. Oh my God! Hi, Jay! How's it going, hey? Oh. Yeah, good. Loving yeah. it. Yeah, having a great time. Oh, good. How are you? <laughs> yeah, thriving. Um, how was your week and so forth? It's been good.
0: It's been good. Um, a bit depressed. Yeah. But that's fine, you know. It, it's ebbs and flows, isn't it? Well, it's mental weakness
1: that you've got, you it's know? P- so it's kind of proof that you're a lesser person. Proof is in the pudding, yes. Yeah, yeah you you know, that's exactly right. Your family tree's been grown for too long. And then needs a bit of a snip. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: maybe I'm the one to do the snipping. Oh, Let's God. not talk about
1: <laughs> Honk honk
0: That's the content warning goose. <laughs> <laughs> it always comes too late. He's always it's out of breath. <laughs> honk I'm <laughs> um, not gonna kill myself. So or don't your worry. family? Or you just fa- fa- <laughs> oh god. No no no, I might still. Let's leave that one in on the books.
1: Okay. Um
0: no it's been good. My week's been good. Uh we had family D and D. Yeah. Dungeons and
1: Dragons. Good. And don't worry, oh sweet listener, you should think that's an insane sentence. You shouldn't be thinking, when am I doing my next family D&D?
0: No, no, no. You should be thinking, when am I doing my next family D&D? Because it works as therapy. Oh, God. Oh, God, yeah. And we're going to do another session. They loved it. So we're going to do another one. And you're calling it sessions? That's what you call them. Is that what? Oh. Yeah, like you do it at like a DD and d session. It's like, you know, sit down for a night and do it. And then next week you'll have another session. And how is it therapeutic? Well... Uh, it's often a great way to sort of, like, fill a character up with elements of yourself that you want to explore and then sort of see how that would play out in the world. And then you can sort of, like, discuss... It's how, how a lot of people figure out they're trans is through D&D, <laughs> honestly. Oh. Yeah. Oh! There you go. If, you, if you've if you ever played a tiefling or a changeling or or a wizard, you're gay. <laughs> you're, you're a ga- gay trans person. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, you're somewhere in that queer sphere. Yeah, no, it's beautiful. Um, D&D has been a, a little... A little safe haven for a lot of
1: queer people throughout history. and um, Throughout history? Well, Do you mean si- recent history? Recent history. Or, or since there were Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> Roaming more freely.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where <laughs> queer people were locked up a lot of the time. In the dungeons. What do you think of that, history, mama? It, and okay. dragons. In the times of dragons, the queers were the dungeons. Here in there dungeon- be queer people. He- okay. So here there'd be dragons, but it's... You know what, I'm going to move on. Um, Why are you not going to keep pitching this fantasy novel? No, I'm not going to do that, Jake. Uh, So D&D was fun with my family. Uh, They had a great time. None of them came out, but, you know, it's fine. We're getting there. There's time. There's There's time. time. There's still time. They cracked some eggs. Um, So that was good. Mm -hmm. Uh, My mother was a uh, a, a human warlock. Uh, My dad was a half-elf paladin. (laughs) My sister was a
1: halfling wizard. It still sounds like you're pitching a fantasy novel to me. That's
0: what it is. Every Pictures. time you say D- that's what you Dragons. do. Every time you play D
1: and D, saw about me. <laughs>
0: down in the oh, I had some great lines. I, I was. I had some great lines. And and Flynn, my partner of nearly three years. God, yeah, yeah, kept that under wraps. huge news! Huge yeah. news! This is me coming out to us gay. I'm gonna have to go. <laughs> I have to call the police. <laughs> I have people to call Um, he was a ent bard. Oh, <laughs> I told him he could be Because he's played a lot So I said you can make Your character sheet And I said please You have to pick A Lord of the Rings race So it needs to be Something that's in Lord of the Rings It needs to be like An elf or dwarf or something and, and make it easy and simple And he was like Okay And came back and said I'm a giant tree Oh And I
1: just had to go with it And that's fine Is that one of those Like really boring giant trees That just sort of like Slowly like walk yes. around Yes That's okay. exactly right But sure. he, his was not that slow
0: Oh yes, Which is fine uh, it was fun. It was good fun. We all had a good time, mm-hmm. played from like 6 o'clock to 11.30, and
1: uh, we loved it. Had a great time. going to do it again with my aunt as well. People God. want in. People want in, Jake. It's remarkable that this many people that are, you know, capable of enjoying Dungeons and Dragons are in the same family. Well, I think everyone's capable of it. You just need to find the right setting and characters for them. See, that attitude is not one that I think I would organically share. Yeah, but you see how you're broken inside? I do, mm. I do. I come mm. to learn that more and more with every passing moment. Every time it shatters.
0: Um, uh, <laughs> uh, so that was that's one element of my week. You tell me about one element of your week. Let's do a back oh, and wait, forth. Oh, wait, no. So oh. what was
1: therapeutic about your experience?
0: Oh, just like, it was interesting seeing, like, for instance, mum uh, has never really done anything like that where she's sort of been able to, like, sort of put on a character and put on a voice, so seeing her sort of get to break out and do that a little bit was quite interesting because
1: she came across as real evil yeah <laughs> was that? <laughs> oh, yeah, really? she, she had an
0: evil character i made her like a sort of like slightly evil character and she really took it and ran okay uh and then dad it was interesting because i think you'll find this funny he didn't quite understand that we were meant to be a team fantastic so he kept trying to run away <laughs> oh like he kept trying to be like i leave the, the, the party i run away and we all had to be like no dad you need to be a part of the party, we had to like convince him to stay. Oh, because he wanted to have his own separate adventure. Well, he, I think he assumed everyone was, it was like, you're in for yourself. Oh. Well, it's, much, it's much more, it's a party game. Like, you're meant to be like in a party. Do you think that only one of you would survive or something? I think he was very much of the idea that like, there is a single winner and there will be a winner at the end of this. Oh. Spoiler alert, I killed them all. Um, okay. <laughs> so, no one won. Okay. Which uh, was oddly foreshadowed at the beginning of this episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> yep, I'm practicing. <laughs> um, so that's fun. You killed them all. I killed them all. It, it was Did they see it coming? Uh, I think Flynn may have, because he knew how the game works, but I think the others had hope. Um, Is that how the games normally end? A lot of death? It can do, yeah. It's pretty easy to die in D&D. Okay. But it's also very easy, like, when... I won't go into detail because this is not a Dungeons & Dragons podcast. Thank goodness. <laughs> By the Nine Divines. Um, so when you die, you have to roll a bunch of dice. And every turn, like in real like in real life, <laughs> like in real life, you have to roll a big 20-sided dice. Uh-huh. And if you get three times above, three times you roll, if you get above ten, three times you are stabilised on a single hit point. And if you get three times below ten, you die. Uh-huh. And so you need to, like... You have time to be like saved by your companions, but you can die if all of your parties are down. Okay. Yeah. So it was fun. It was good fun. That was probably the highlight of my week. Great. And my parents bought my dad bought dun- Dungeons and Donuts shirts, like little shirts that just say Dungeons and Donuts, because he didn't quite know what the game was going to be about, but he wanted to support, so he bought his he, he and mum shirts. It was very cute. That's it was very nice. very sweet. They were very supportive.
1: God, yeah, no, that's like, those, like, enthusiastic, have-just-come-around parents at, like, gay yeah, pride Yeah, vallies. with the little rainbow flags. Yeah. Yes. yes. Like, yeah, they misprinted, like, I'm an ally and my son is a gaybo. Yes, t-shirt. exactly. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> do you know what a rainbow family is? Because I have one. <laughs> that's that's what those families like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ah, but to feel supported, that's very nice. It was quite nice. Yeah, it was really lovely. And as I said, we're going to do it again, so uh, buckle down, guys. Get ready to hear more. Oh, wow. Maybe we can start a D&D podcast where you're not interested. <laughs> <laughs> I think we debatably have. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good point. Moving on. What but that's was... so nice for your family. Yeah, it was, it was lovely. It was lovely. Um, my sister, other sister, Sam, wasn't able to make it, but she wants to join in next time, which is good because she was like not interested to start with, but ha- on hearing how it was, she wants to join
1: in. What character do you think she's going to be? I've already
0: made her a character, and it's a uh, Denithra Nightshade. Okay. is the character's name. It's a wood elf that lives in a forest and hates people uh, and loves animals. And Sam is a vet nurse who <laughs> loves
1: animals. So I think that'll go really well. I thought you were going to go a little bit more, like, I don't know, <laughs> obscuring the parallels. No. Oh, no, no, no. Okay. Hi, hi Jess. Um, I made a character for you. Um, She's a vicious cunt.
0: <laughs> no, I think Sam would be the first to say she likes animals more than people. That's good. <laughs> and and I, I think that I wanted to give Because also and I, everyone knows That she should live in the woods <laughs> She should live in the woods Outcast from says, She would love to live In the woods with animals um, But The reason I made her That character Shut <laughs> your fat mouth. The she's reason I wouldn't walk she's <laughs> she's horrible and gross. No, the reason every time her, she talks oh. it sounds like do, do, do. <laughs> I'm stupid. No, the reason I made her that character is because Dungeons and Dragons is the furthest thing from what Sam enjoys and wants to do. So I thought if I made her a character where she just has to like talk to animals a bunch, at the very least she would have an in and then she could grow from there. Sure. You know? Yep. yep. If I were to make you a
1: character, uh, Yeah, go ahead, it hurt my feelings.
0: Ah, uh, I'm trying to think what the dumbest and stupid Stupidest and most ugly creature is. You could be like a big ugly Goliath, uh, which you. is when a giant and a human has a baby. Okay. And that's you. Uh, and I would make you a uh, cleric, which means you're forced to help other people even though you don't want to. Okay. Uh, and I would curse you, which is not a quality that I possess. Currently, no, which... but I think you would not enjoy
1: playing that role. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's it. That's that's my character I'd make for you. Well, I, I like to think that I came from a place of unconventional love. I would like to hmm. the, the, from the giant and the human. They overcame some real odds and some logistics. Yeah, to bring me about. That's true passion. Yeah, sure, Jake. That's hmm. what that was. Um, <laughs> tell me about your week. My week. Um. Oh, I H- went. Hang to- on, How's your week been? <laughs> I'm not about to defend the strength of my bean. There we go. There you go. Uh, Beautiful. Thank you. Um, I went to my cousin's wedding last night, Mm. which was nice. Oh my god, that's so exciting! Yeah. Um. Yeah. It was beautiful. It was nice to see her marry the guy that she likes. That was good. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Um. Yeah. Really good to see like so many of my family members in like the one place. It was at my like aunt and uncle's house, which was really cute to be at the place where they all live during this like beautiful like celebration and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and to get to speak to you know the relatives that I love so much, it was good. Uh, And but yeah, it was the sort of thing where it's like I don't know more keenly than I felt it at any other wedding. I think that feeling of like you know all that classic stuff that like the same way that people get depressed on like New Year's Eve. It's like that. Oh God, this is so lovely and love's so great, and look at all these people caring about each other. And it's like (laughs) (laughs) like it it really like. I don't know because of like the shows that we see and the conversations we have and even just like I don't know the things that I find myself talking about so often it's like it's really one of those like inner integrity moments of like no Jack, remember you've had so many conversations about like contemporary romance and like the notion of marriage and like your beliefs surrounding you know romantic love and all this stuff and it's like it really makes you be like okay because <laughs> when you're face to face
0: with that like really intense personification of that d- marriage love and this
1: like a, you know a sensibly like beautiful celebration oh, of, like, it's so nice to hear people talking the way they're talking and like as archaic as it feels for like a marriage to even happen to see it happen it's like oh, I can see this is really, like, beautiful and lovely. Like, everything that they are, like, at least purporting explicitly to be celebrating in the process of a Mm. marriage being undertaken is, like, yeah, I do believe in all of these values, sort of, in the idea of, like, you love each other enough to, like, tie yourselves together and want to venture into something. Um, Yeah. Yeah, and also, too, like, being amidst, like, the, all these beautiful flower arrangements and, like, looking at Hannah in her dress and, like, seeing all mm. these, like, matchingly dressed bridesmaids and stuff. It's like, oh, this is very, like, startlingly, like, ritualistic. <laughs> yeah, totally. You know? Mm, and it's yeah. very much, like... I I'd don't know. To, I think I'd think love to get married. You'd love to get I'd married. I'd love to get married. Just because you enjoy what rituals.
0: I just think it would be... I just think, for all the reasons you're describing why you found that wedding so enchanting, I would love to get married. I just would love a chance for all of my nearest and dearest to get gathered together. Mm. All of Flynn's nearest and dearest to get gathered together. And just like Make a beautiful space And have a party With my friends Sure and sort of like Make speeches about love I just think
1: it would be nice I think I definitely came Like through it And out of it Loving all those things too I yeah. think And I think that too It just made me really Like come up against This thing of like But I don't understand Why I need to like Sign a piece of paper And I don't understand mm. Why I need to like Have all these like Legal Financial Components Yep Buckled into it, and why escaping that bond would be such a hullabaloo that would damage people so much, you know. Which yep. is, I think, how people describe divorce is a yeah, hullabaloo. Being hullabaloo. <laughs> That's all yeah. it is. I don't know, but the idea of having something where we all come together, like even like watching the lovely things that people were saying about mm. like like the the husband's like father had passed away, so there were these beautiful things said about him not being able to be there at the service. Mm. And um, and just Even like My like cu- the, My cousin that got married Like her sister said This beautiful thing as well Like in her Sort of like Best woman's speech um, And it was just like Yeah Why are these things Not happening more frequently Like the idea of being able to Like come together With a yeah. bunch of people And like Earnestly talking about How much you adore each other And, and what you want Each other's lives To be moving forwards It's like that's why, a really good point. You know, like why? Yeah. I don't know. What would you call? What would you call that? I don't know. Something cool. I don't know something. You. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know Celebration something. Celebration party. But it's like I don't know. But it's like because it's not you know obviously like instilled in our culture already. It feel a little bit contrived and narcissistic. I was gonna say the
0: idea of going to something that's like a love party. That's just that
1: sounds like an audio, Uh Something
0: yeah. that's like just. Come over and we'll all talk about how much we love each other. I think I would rather shoot myself in the head.
1: (laughs) But I think if you were, you definitely wouldn't call it a love party. But even like, you could even call it a wedding, but you just wouldn't do the contracty parts. And you could like strip out as much religion as you wanted to. And even truly just like leave the parts that you find good and add your own things into it. Yeah. You know, and especially because presumably you know the people that you're inviting well enough. You'd know what they would kind of respond to. Like Mm. it's not as if you're inviting like barrels of strangers to it. Um, so dear listener is, Come on down next Sunday To our uh, What are we calling it? Life party? I, I think you'd still call it a wedding But Come on down just, to our wedding But we are not getting married And I have no one to marry currently No least. but what no you're, one that would,
0: what, <laughs> Isn't what you're saying That we could just have that Wedding celebration Without anyone getting married But who married? would be at the centre of it, James? Uh Me you, There'd need to be at least It could be you and movie. I Like we we could have
1: like A wedding ceremony But not get married think. <laughs> What? Yeah, that could be nice that could be nice but I think the intensity to which I would want it to be explored in terms of like the themes and what would be getting discussed it would still be the idea of two people wanting to spend the rest of their lives together in a romantic sense oh like, okay, you know, okay. Oh, like God, that's though. still oh, there yuck 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 well exactly um, <laughs> disgusting but, um, yeah, but like that still being the idea of it but it's... Oh, okay. You know? I, I misread what you were saying. And I guess... I, some, okay. I don't know. And in some way, it's like, it feels almost akin to like, it's such a shame that like you have to wait for someone's funeral to hear so many beautiful things said about oh, them. Oh, God, I agree with that. And it's yeah. like, what? Because someone doesn't want to have a traditional wedding, you don't get this experience of your love getting to be like shared and celebrated with the people closest to you. Mm. Like, it seems like such a beautiful thing to get to go through and bringing all these people together. And Yeah, I read this book, um, Radical Acts of Love, which was um, this... Uh
0: oncology nurse had gone and done a lot of caring for people who were in palliative care and she writes these like 20 stories about death and like people who die and like th- her experience of like what that process was like and and she has these beautiful stories, all these beautiful stories about like people having their um, pre-funeral parties mm. basically where they just get everyone together to be like I'm dying say the things you would say at a funeral mm. right now yeah, and they sound so sad but so Beautiful, mm. and I think if you have the chance to do that with the knowledge that you're going to be gone, do it.
1: Right? Yeah. No, yeah, I get that, I th- and I think too as well. It like, it really made me like interrogate how much I like. I'm skeptical of ritual because it tends to be connected to some sort of like I don't know <laughs> overhanging body or some sort of philosophy that seems like yep. as if it like oversimplifies the experience of the universe for people. But I, but part of me too, and I think a part of it is why I'm so like. Into and excited by, and I don't, know, I don't know, just like read so much about like the Jewish experience mm. of the, there's so much ritual built into the way that you know traditional Judaism gets experienced by yeah. someone in their life in the modern day, and how much of it has survived. Like, and, I, and I and part of that intrigue, I guess, is like I, I, maybe it's like an envy for like yeah, ju- like ritual and. Practicing these things And It does give structure It get Sure But I guess even outside of the structure It's like It forces you to Not just do the The simple easy thing Which I guess is a much more Like Irish Anglo-Saxon thing Of just kind of like kind of like famously like repress things ignore things and just yeah, like don't totally. really have anything like any feelings outside of yourself and it's like as we talked about a couple of weeks ago about like even like modern European Australian families being a bit more like expressively emotional mm. like maybe a lot of this is me just not feeling like I get to engage with my emotions with others very often or something
0: no I think you're absolutely right like uh, our our wasp families are not known for communicating very efficiently with each other it's about some things, And I think
1: yeah. if there were like things that happened where it's like okay when you turn 27 all of your like cousins come together and you all have to like I don't know bring a bird and then you release the bird and you say a thing that you love about each of them and you make a promise to the sky about the sort of person you hope to become like (laughs) I'm just going with you like it's all crazy like even while I was watching my like wonderful cousin walk in in her white dress we're all looking at her and she's walking towards this man it's like yes this is very like old and could be happening in a barn but there's also a lot of beauty in it as well totally you know, yeah. but it is absurd. Like, it is why ab- am I watching these... The human
0: experience is absurd, Jake.
1: Like, why am I watching all these women that are dressed the same walk one by one down this group of people mm. and then stare at these people? Did they do a father-daughter dance? No, they just did like a first dance. That's good. Yeah. Um, Great, because the father-daughter dance always creeps me out a bit. <sighs> why? Because you think they're
0: going to kiss? Well, sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I remember I was working a wedding and the father-daughter dance was to... Um, I don't know what the song was called, but it might be called this. I loved you first.
1: Yeah, I held her first Yeah, yeah, that vibe And it just yeah. immediately gave, oh god Sure, but also love yeah, doesn't have Creeps, ha- Lo- creepy creeps. No, I- <laughs> love doesn't have to have fucking in it No, I know that, but this idea that like <laughs> I loved her first, now I'm giving her to you Oh, right? you're thinking territory as opposed yeah. to as Oh opposed god, yeah, oh no,
0: nothing to do with sex the, ter- the territory of, she was mine first Love's about ownership, I've always That's said That's exactly that. right <laughs> Um okay so your cousin so, is in love.
1: <laughs> yes, which is very fortunate for her. But yes, yeah, but it's just it, it causes some of those like very like I yes. don't know, fra- especially for my mind. And I don't think I'm unique in this, but it's like yeah, it like any moment of like quiet or aloneness <laughs> or wedding, it, like it's Sorry. really it like sends all your thoughts down this funnel straight into this world of like oh god, are you lonely? Are you doing it all wrong? Yeah. Because yes. it's certainly with me and her we're like the same age as each other. And oh, so no. it's just in the way it's like it's very easy to like Compare your lives mm. when they're quite similar. Oh, it's impossible to not compare. You know, like both yeah. of our dads are brothers with each other. We are the same age. She's marrying a tall blonde man, and I am eating chicken.
0: <laughs> yeah, but you've also got tattoos.
1: That's true. Which is my wedding. That's mine. My... Is that the point you're making? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck it. Why not? Anyway, let's not dwell on this because I'll, you know, I'll just keep getting sadder and sadder. I guess. be the that's theme possible, of these oh. <laughs> you Say if that's possible. Uh, yeah. Okay, well, that's
0: Because you're a big sad boy. Thank you. But so am I. We're, we're sad boys together. That's
1: beautiful. Um, hey, you sweet listener. I hope you're having a nice day. Yeah, I hope, I hope you're not a big sad boy. I hope you're a, a regular person. I hope you're currently at your wedding. Yeah, I hope you're
0: listening to this just before the vows. <laughs> Try to suck <psych> yourself up. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Jake, we need to psych
1: someone up for their wedding. You can do it. You can do it. If you want to, run. You know, you can still run. Run away. I mean, but you, I think you instinctively kind of know. Like, don't mistake that anxiety for mm. your gut saying you should leave. If you're
0: marrying someone named Jacob, run!
1: Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Random because name. Of, oh, okay. No, I just picked a name. I just thought it'd be funny because if someone was listening to this
1: and they were marrying a Jacob, how funny would that be? How funny is it that my name is just a nickname for Jacob and you just plucked that doomed marriage name out of the air? Oh. Interesting. 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 Okay. Yeah, again, let's not dwell on that because I feel like that yellow brick road isn't leading to the Emerald City. <laughs> I'm gonna say one word to you. Go ahead. Gay. Ah! Um,
0: Spotify Wrapped happened. It sure did. My God. Huge deal. Everybody. Does the
1: knowledge of impending Spotify Wrapped every year affect the way that you engage with the app in itself?
0: Not at all. No, it should do. It always comes up sooner than you think it's going to, doesn't it? It always comes
1: up. Yeah, it always comes up in like
0: like this month, and I'm like, this is not the end of the year. This is this is two months before the end of the year.
1: I always panic when it comes out. I don't like how part of me responds positively to the idea of something paying this much attention to me. What do you mean by that? In that this whole Spotify wrapped nonsense is like, so I know what you've been doing. Oh god, um, yeah. Here are all these little details about you. Oh, I wish it gave me a spreadsheet. Well, that's I, I wish it gave me like... But that seems like it's because of your like Dungeons and Dragons like, yeah, spreadsheet brain. Yeah, I do love Whereas spreadsheets. Like, I don't like the way that it seems like, oh wow, you really were listening. <laughs> Yeah, I Only don't. in a small way, not in a way that I want to start Have dating it. fucked around with the Spotify DJ. The Spotify... Oh, the thing that's like, oh, hey, Jake, Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, man, time <laughs> to make you a mix. I'm like, oh, That's too God. far. No. It's like, stop with Scarlett Johansson. I don't want to... <laughs> <laughs> Fall in love with your voice. That's funny. No, it's a good reference. But, oh my god! But yeah, no, no, I don't like him because it's like I can tell he's cooler than me. <laughs> he's and a robot. He's a robot, but <laughs> still, it's like his whole attitude. It's like st- don't, hey man, because it feels condescending. It feels it like does. it's similar to when like a straight guy calls you buddy. It's like what? Like, sure. Why did it... you insert power into this?
0: It almost feels like to me the the idea of the, the the Spotify DJ sounds and feels like when you put like a video on for your toddler to keep it distracted. It's like to me. It's like, hey,
1: buddy, come on, listen to this. It's oh, like, I don't like that. It belittles me like that. That's interesting. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I immediately put it on a higher power pedestal than me. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you would, wouldn't you? Uh, where were you living, according to Spotify? Uh, North America. Where in North America, though? I don't know. I, th- I don't know. If it, I, don't, I didn't look at it that analytically, but somewhere I, th- I believe it was North America. Oh, I think. Probably somewhere where they do a lot of country music, right? Yeah, I think that's what dragged me there. Yeah, yeah. okay. I yeah. was New York. You were in New York. New York. Oh wow! And
0: you will soon understand why. Okay. Yeah. Did you? Um. Should we? Should we do quickly top songs and top artists? If you will find it interesting, yes. I I am curious to hear. and I think yeah. Let's you jump through you it. dear listener obviously care about our Spotify rap. <laughs> James so. seems to believe that. <laughs> I just think it's interesting. Yeah, go ahead. Um, what were your top songs? You go first. My top songs. Oh yeah. my god! I'll get it here. Then not... what? You go first, because yours are okay. ready. Uh, number one, it's a Sam Smith song, unfortunately. Unfortunately? Um, yeah, I just think it's... it's your not, top song! It's not cool for it to be in the top. Uh, I'm not here to make friends, I just love that song. <laughs> sure. What was your first one? Um, it was Magic in the
1: Hamptons by Little Yachty. It occurs to me I'm not going to know any of these songs, <laughs> <ever>. <laughs> How does that go? Um... um... Uh, it's by Social House and Little Yachty. It's like a like a hip hop song. Oh, cool! Yeah, that's pretty cool. Thank you. The DJ will be proud of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two. Was <laughs> He's never proud of me, <laughs> <laughs> but I try so hard.
0: <laughs> number two is Father Time from Kimberly of Kimbo, which is a musical. Okay. Uh, it's a very sad song.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very slow song. It's a sort of a ballad. Sure. Yeah, that was mine. Second one. Great. Was your second one. I'm killing me by Coin. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> what sort of song is that? Um. Oh, it's a song that I like listened to just like. Over and over and over and over over again, and it was helping me uh, with the writing process, but it's also, like, one of my favourite songs. Great. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah. This is definitely not interesting to people that aren't the two of us. (laughs) (laughs) Quickly, I will just say, oh, God, okay, right. Yeah. No, what do you, what do you think is, like, a thing that's... Uh, your top genres,
0: uh, I got Broadway and show tunes. Cool. So I got them twice. Pop, indie, and indie pop. So... (laughs)
1: Sure. Do without what you will. Eclectic man. Thank you so much. What did you get? What was your top genre? Oh, it was like pop, country, and Broadway. You fag. Thank you. So how would you rate your week? Oh, good point. I would
0: rate it nine, which was how many goblins I put into one of the rooms that my family entered because I realised I had not prepared enough evil people for them to fight, so I just chucked nine random goblins onto the board. Okay. And it turned out to be way too many goblins. (laughs)
1: That's a good lesson to learn. learn. How <laughs> many <laughs> goblins could take down your family? <laughs> Nine is the answer. <laughs> uh, and Jake, mm. rating for your week? Um, oh, let's uh, give it uh, like 70 stars out of five. Because I think that's how many guests there were at the wedding. Not yet. Yeah, yeah. That's one. Sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about some theatre. Sure. Jake. Yes, James. Crazy he calls me, sure I'm crazy. How's that for a Billy Holiday impression? I thought it was Kermit the Frog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I see that. Oh, grimy. Um, That's <laughs> me. <Miss Piggy. laughs> I'm falling apart in front of you.
1: <laughs> I
0: went to the theatre. What puppet is that? That's me.
1: Oh, God.
0: Yeah, I'm going to fist up me right now. Oh. <laughs> what do you think of that? So on that
1: note, we went to the fairfax Look, I can sing, but I'm gonna (laughs) need a fist inside of me. We can accommodate that, (laughs) absolutely. Hop on. Okay, James is coming. He's got a complicated rider. (laughs) Is he the one with the fist?
0: (laughs) Second time this month. Okay, we saw Lady Day. I'm glad that you (laughs) getting fisted as you sing is selling well. That's good. I mean, I would. If I. If you heard a show. Mm. If you heard that there was a show that somebody did like a full show
1: singing and the whole time they had like a real human fist up them, mm. would you not go and see that show? I wouldn't want to sit for an entire show. I don't think, unless they were doing something really interesting musically. But I'd I'd watch it for like ten minutes. Sure. Well, there you go. Yeah, like maybe it's part of a of a like a kink variety night. Sure, like, that's fun. Yeah, like I often not often. I sometimes you know think of you know that Luke Macaronis show where he put a banana in his behind. It's like, oh oh yes. yeah, that was interesting. He didn't sing. (laughs) My one criticism of the work. (laughs) Not enough singing. (laughs) Not enough singing. Well,
0: Jake, let me tell you, there was plenty of singing in the show that we saw. Oh, thank God. Yeah, so Flynn and I went and saw Lady Day at Emerson's Bar and Grill. Okay, great. uh, At the MTC Fairfax. Oh, God, so they didn't
1: serve you steaks. At the grill. No, but they could have. They could have served you steaks. No, but it looked like they could have. <laughs> because it- <laughs> if I'd shouted, bring me steak. <laughs> <enough>. <laughs> I find people tend to bring me steak. <laughs> I'm pretty demanding and
0: unbearable. <laughs> so we wander in. Move, Move I wander. wander. So we wander on steak. Bring a steak. <laughs> You're going to make a big mistake if you don't bring me a stick. <laughs> no, she's serious. She's, <laughs> she's Wanda. Uh, so we, we wandered on in, sat on down at the Fairfax. We're like in one of the front front rows mm-hmm. of the regular seating bag. And you know, the Fairfax is that one that's like uh, like the thrust. It's like I, I never know how to describe this one. It's the seating on two corners that goes up, and it's yeah. like
1: the sort of thrust oh, sh- stage in the middle. The thrust stage. It's like sort of a thrust stage. I don't know how to describe the it. The one that's like a like a half half an amphitheatre? Yeah, exactly, Jake. You okay. always say that and
0: it's always correct and I always forget. That's how you can describe it. Half an amphitheatre. <laughs> uh, so we're sitting in the front row of the regular seats mm. and then in front of us there's like this raised little platform. Ah! <laughs> Hold on to your hats. Okay. <laughs> um, all of them. Uh, raised little platform mm. uh, and like maybe five uh, cabaret style like chairs. The way you describe the, the Essendon... Theatre... Company. Company. Yeah. Uh, it's like, raised little cabaret tables and chairs. Mm. And then in front of that...
1: Oh, yeah, but the Essendon Theatre Company are full-on, like, dining room tables. Oh! No, these yeah. are, like, You little... can see a family around the Essendon ones.
0: Oh, you could, you could sit a small family around these ones. Maybe like a family that's, you know, small. Two dwarfs that have just had a baby, they could come. Yeah, they could, they could come, <laughs> but only them. Uh, so, like, five of those little tables, and then in, like, the corner of the stage, like, upstage is, like, this raised... further raised platform that has just got, like, a piano, a double bass, and drums. Mm-hmm. And, like, a big old, one of those old-timey big metal microphones. Oh, yes. You know, the ones that are often used to be, like, announcing cage matches. Like this shiny one that has, like, the little slits. Yes, exactly. Like a, like a silver, exactly that one. silver often, potato. It's often hung from the ceiling.
1: Yes. yeah, yeah, And yeah, a boxing
0: yeah. match, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> one of those, this one was not hung from the ceiling. <laughs> this one was just regular in a little stand. Yeah. Uh, and so it's set up. Beautifully. Mm-hmm. Um, straight away, i got to say, set and costume, both by uh, Ailsa Patterson. Fumbled <laughs> on that one. <laughs> no. You said that very confidently. Thank you so much. <laughs> Elsa Patterson. Um, the There was like this beautiful... It felt like you were in this underground little jazz bus. So there was like brickwork on the walls. They had all these... You would have loved it. All these beautiful, old-style uh, theatre lights that looked like they were from the 1940s. Oh my God. Just like on the side, on this big bank right on the side of each... Each side of the stage directly onto the stage, hmm. and then at the back there was like this little hint of like you know when you're in an underground building and they have those windows that just sit at the top of the like under- oh you can just see feet walking yeah by. exactly you can just see the feet walking by yeah. like that sort of vibe so it, the full thing felt like really sold the fantasy it felt like this little jazz. that's really smart. smart it was really clever yeah. and it just sold it immediately hmm. so we all sit in we all walk we all walk in and sit down um, uh, people fill in and fill up those cabaret seats on stage mm-hmm. uh, and then there's this waiter. <laughs> There's this waiter who's sort of like waiting on stage to welcome people and be like, mm. oh, welcome to the Emerson's Bar and Grill and sits them on down. And then he sort of moves around and like pours people water and it sort of feels like a real bar. Mm. there's like the musicians up at the, the instruments, sitting down and tuning in and getting ready. All feels quite authentic and lovely. And then the, the waiter sort of shuffles around and tells everyone to move their bags under the tables. Okay. And so we know something's about to happen. Oh my God. And he moves away. He the plane's off. about to take off. Have I understood the setting? Yeah, we're on a plane. <laughs> yes. Well done, Jake. Whatever you need. Uh, and then out comes... So... This, the the sh- the, <laughs> the cast of the show is Zara Newman as Billie Holiday. Yep. However, we went on a night and we had um, the understudy Eleanor Roccobaro. Okay. And oh my god. Eleanor. I'll get it out of the way now. Mm. Is just one of the most enchanting, charismatic, stunning, and like most angelic voiced people I've seen on that stage mm-hmm. for a long time beautiful so she comes out as Billie Holiday
1: because
0: mm-hmm. um, do you know
1: the the general gist of Lady Day at Emerson's Bar and Grill Hundred percent, not <laughs> no. <laughs> Whenever oh. anyone brings up Billie Holiday, mm. I just think about how much I love watching Cadillac Records, and then oh, I get yeah. hung up on talking about Beyoncé's performance as Etta James in Cadillac. None Records. of that is Billie Holiday. That's correct. <laughs> None of that is Billie Holiday. So that's the exit rant my brain gets off on when someone brings up Billie Holiday. So
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's good to have a it's good to have a plan.
1: I also did not
0: know much about Billie Holiday at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, the extent of my knowledge of her music was I played the Fallout series, and in the Fallout games, there's a lot of old timey music, and uh-huh. a lot of it is Billie Holiday. Okay. So I'd heard a lot of her music from being a fucking nerd, right? Um, and oh god, her life was depressing. Oh, oh, it's a depressing tale. Uh, and and this show really goes into details because what the show is, it's this. What it's essentially a one woman show where she, where in this case, Eleanor is Billie Holiday, and she's doing one of her last shows at the Emersons Bar and Grill, which
1: is the thing that really
0: happened. Uh, I'm actually not sure if the Emersons Bar and Grill was a real place, okay? But she did do like last shows at like small little jazz bars when her career had sort of crashed because he went to jail a few times. Okay. And so this was one of the times she'd come out of prison and she was going to her old stomping ground and um, returning to one of the first places she'd done a gig. To stomp. To stomp yeah. on the ground. Yeah. Uh, and she was doing the show for us. So it starts off uh, and she strikes up and does um, one or two songs without any introduction just to sort of get us warmed up because to do a Billie Holiday impression... I I was concerned at first that it was going to be like because Billie Holiday's voice is really something. You, do you know her? Vo- that, that was me trying to do her at the start, and that sounded like Kermit the Frog. Does she sound like Kermit the like Frog? Like a little bit. Like okay. like she's got an amazing, beautiful voice, but it's it's a very much like a de- defined like.
1: There's no one that does that voice like that. I've definitely heard it. I'll I'll listen to it now. Yeah, go. Cool. Um, yeah, like, distinctly not Muppety. Absolutely not <laughs> Germit the Frog at all. No. I misspoke. No, but If but anything,
0: yeah. more like Miss Piggy, but nothing like either of them. Right, yes. Yeah, yeah no, but I get... Yeah, yeah. She's got, like, like, a very, like, defined voice that is hers. Yeah, very, no like, else. graceful, warbly. Yeah. yeah, even just listening to that, then I feel a lot calmer. <laughs> yeah. But I love her music. Anywho, mm. now I do. Um... so. I was worried at first that it was going to almost be, like, caricature and, like, someone just trying to do that voice.
1: But Eleanor just... Wait, didn't... did you mean the singing voice or the characterization?
0: Uh, well, both, I guess. Oh, yeah. But the, the singing voice in particular. But Eleanor... But the whole would...
1: thing would feel like they were putting something
0: on. Yes. Yeah. And it was like so it would feel distinctly not. You know, it would be like, oh, you're trying to do Billy Have holiday. you experienced that before? Yeah, when have I experienced that before? Um... Yes, but I can't talk about it. Oh, okay, so <laughs> moving on. Um, so, but it was not the case with Eleanor because Eleanor really found this fabulous middle ground where it was part Billy, part her in this gorgeous way that felt so authentic. Mm-hmm. Like she walked out and as I said, she did the first two songs and then she turns to the audience and she addresses the audience as Billie Holiday mm. and does this whole welcome to where I used to be. Where she does, As the show goes on, she sort of gives you snippets of her life. And mm. where she's at in her life at that point in time. And she speaks about uh, the shows she used to do here. And it's quite uh, confronting straight away in that she sort of talks about um, how difficult it was performing as a black woman. And what it's been like being a, a black celebrity in that day and age. Because it was the 40s and 50s when she was big. Mm. Um, and she speaks about how there are there's like a police person in the audience watching to make sure that everything she does is okay. And she doesn't have too much alcohol because if she does they'll have to send her back to jail um or if she doesn't do any drugs because billy was big on the drugs Mm. um yeah it was just it was straight away i was like oh this is not like a lovey dovey adorable here's the the greatest hits of billy holiday this is going to be like a really confronting Mm. story about a black woman's life suffering through white supremacy in america Mm. um and it was great it was so good uh So, yeah, so the songs are all sort of peppered with moments of Billy directly interacting with the audience, and there's a lot of back and forth with the audience, and it was really funny, because, you know, it is an MTC audience, Mm. it's a bit quieter, Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it was a Wednesday we went, so it was was not, like, the loudest crowd, Mm. and every now and again, she would sort of, uh, like, comment on it in a way that felt so, like, authentically what that character would do in that moment, in Mm -hmm. like a in a quiet jazz bar, Um, and so she would come out, so she would start up on stage at the top of the little, with the rest of the band, Mm. who, by the way, I'll get it out of the way now, Um, Kim Perling played Jimmy Powers, who was the pianist for Billy, and also sort of looked after her and kept her in check. Um, And I mean, Kim was just, you know when you see someone play an instrument and you sort of realise, Oh, this is what a human being can actually do with that instrument. <laughs> like, like he was just when you see like a jazz pianist really go to town. Mm. It really is something magical. Yeah, and like the way he just <clears throat> tickled the ivories. Ew. Oh, <laughs> uh, just really was even just seeing that was alone alone worth the whole show. Just to see. Instrument played like that, mm, magnificent. Yeah. Uh, so, and but he also played like the character of Jimmy Powers, who would sort of every now and again come on and do the big, oh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the stage, uh, uh, Billy Holiday." It was magnificent. Mm-hmm. Good on him. Mm-hmm. Well done, Kim. Um, <laughs> Dan Witten was on the upright bass again, fantastic.
1: <laughs> uh, and and <laughs> so I'm just thinking about that, you know, that famous YouTube video of Kim Cattrall <laughs> scatting with her husband. No, Papo <laughs> Super What? <laughs> The ground such jalla baloo And that's the second hullabaloo reference. Whoa. Oh one more and what do we get? I I our own hullabaloo? Uh, Ding no,
0: <laughs> um, You've been sentenced to death. <laughs> With Kim Control <Cattrall. laughs> uh, So moving on. Uh, upright bass, fantastic. Edward York on the drums. You've never seen a cooler drum player. Oh, he was wearing like two just sunglasses. He so, was just—they were all wearing like tuxedos and suits. Like they were suave. Oh. It was like a—it was like a suave gig. Oh. And he was just like, "I love a drum player that just is so chill and relaxed and could just play it like nothing else." Mm-hmm. So this band was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and and watching Eleanor sort of be able to perform with musical talent like this with her voice was a treat. So she would start up there with them do a little hi welcome welcome and then she would sort of saunter out into the cabaret tables and interact directly with the people at the tables as well mm-hmm. and she just felt so at ease the entire time and it was just we've spoken about it a lot of times but it was just one of those shows where you were just able to sit back and relax because you felt so comfortable in her hands sure. um, yeah
1: really really special the opposite of that experience on. Which is not a useful or helpful thing to bring up at I all I want to hear it though But at the wedding Because I have such I continue to have such a Like a, a, a lengthy storied Career and hospitality Mm. Watching these Really competent waiters Like these cater waiters Working at this wedding All I was doing Was like Watching them Do things Amidst this wedding And stressing for them Like I'd watch them Carry wine around Mm. And be like Oh god If you dropped that right Mm. now You would really Fuck up this wedding You would really ruin This beautiful moment Don't trip Don't you trip Don't you Did someone have to Move the cake um, yeah, all the normal things had to happen, but oh. everyone handled it. You know, there was not a mistake made. Because I had to,
0: oh. when we did weddings back at, oh yes, um, I had to move the cake all the time after mm. after they cut it, and it was always the most stressful part of the entire night. The stakes are
1: too high. Stakes
0: are too high. The cakes are too high. The cake steaks Cake stakes are too
1: high. Yeah. Um, no, they shouldn't. Just give do me cake, cake steaks. Cake <laughs> Truly, really ship in a professional. Like, yeah, just what? a cake carrier. Like, if I drop this and I will drop it. Yeah, you're, I'm a dropper. You're an ogre. I'm an ogre, and we have big ogrey fingers. Big ogre-y fingers. And we shouldn't be in charge of your happiness. Not if our fingers are responsible. If your for happiness it.
0: is controlled by a
1: cake. Yeah, you're at a wedding. You're, yeah, true, okay. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I that was needless. Anyway, moving on. Um, so you're at the grill waiting so for a steak. The grill waiting for <laughs> steak. Um,
0: so, should, should also say, directed by Mitchell Buttle. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I the way they managed to and you know, some shows do this and some shows don't do it so well, but the way they managed to strike, along with the lighting designer Govern Rubin, mm. they managed to strike every different song and every different scene felt completely different because Ella Noah would be effortlessly sort of moving to some spot that was then lit in a different way that just made the entire space feel completely different. Amazing. Like she would plop her down plop herself down on the stairs next to those beautiful uh forties light. Lights that Mm. just shone directly onto her, or she would come out into the audience and sit down at one of the cabaret tables, or perch on the edge of the stage, or drape against a wall. Just all these different ways of framing her really worked and Mm. made made it feel fresh and new the whole time. Like I didn't feel bored at all, which I was impressed by. Um, And yes, as the show goes on, Eleanor was sort of, um, Billy reveals. All these horrible facts about her life, like stories of how she wasn't allowed to go to the uh, bathroom in this fancy restaurant because they didn't have a bathroom for coloured. Um, and she ended up just pissing on the floor in front of this waiter to piss her off, which everyone found quite funny. Um, she tells the story of why she's called Lady Day, mm. because her mother was always called the Duchess. And um, they someone told her that every Duchess needs a lady. And so she became Lady Day and how she sort of started out working in a brothel mm. as a child, um, and sort of fell in love with the music. Doing that... what in the brothel? Well, uh, she didn't really elaborate, but I think okay. it was more like the, just the things that she had to do to survive as a young child. Okay. Um, I say say young child, probably teenager. Um, like, that makes a better <laughs> So she's ready. She's fine! Um, uh, but she, the, the person who ran that, Ruffle would put on records and that's where she sort of first fell in love with jazz and started singing and someone recognized that she had a voice um, And she sort of managed to get herself out of there. And there was one line in there that was really Cutting. She she sings um, Crazy He Calls Me, which is a really beautiful song of hers. Crazy he calls me I just can't sleep
1: I'm so excited I'm into- that's Billy Holiday. Uh, Maybe. I don't recognise the song because you're a bad singer. Britney Spears. Continue. Um,
0: And so she talks about- there's this one devastating part that I just wanted to mention because the line broke me. Um, Her first love, Sunny, who uh, was the sort of one of the bad influences that got her into drugs, that got her into drinking, that got her into booze and and ended up- because she ended up just being essentially a, a drug addicted person. Um, and Sunny was the person that first introduced her to that and she speaks about at some point at the end she has this one of those beautiful moments at the end of a big show like this where the character sort of lets out a lot of rage and anger mm. and she speaks about how Sonny said to her um, if you if you love me you'll do it like if you love me you'll do these drugs and that, just that idea of being so in love with someone that you would do anything to stay with them no matter what it is and that ends up ruining your entire life Mm-hmm. Just feels quite devastating, and I guess I just never knew that about Billie Holiday. I just always thought she was just a beautiful jazz singer, right? Um, yeah, and so now listening to her music takes on a whole new meaning for me because I now know the hardship behind what she did. Hmm. Um, but if anything, I, but this this show I think really pays a beautiful homage to the sort of complicated character she was. Because like I said, she, we Eleanor played her so charmingly in a way that you couldn't help but fall in love with her, and you could really see the amazing person that she was and what she wanted to do versus the addiction. And as the show went on, she became more and more drunk. And she went off stage at one point and came up and her glove fell down. You could see the track marks on her arms. Mm. Like it was really confronting stuff. And she sort of became more drug-addled and Jimmy had to sort of prop her up and help her on and keep her going. And you could just see her fall apart as the show went on. And there was nothing you could do. Um, on a lighter note, mm. there was a Chihuahua. There was a Chihuahua. Yeah, there was a Chihuahua. She brings a Chihuahua on. Live Chihuahua on at one point and just uh, carries this Chihuahua around for one of the songs. Okay. Which was great. And people found that endearing? Oh, God, yes. That's oh, God, good. yes. I mean, Flynn and I in particular, because Flynn used to have a Chihuahua named Tango. Um, and... and it disappeared one day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in a big theatre van. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, called Lady Days. <laughs> um, no, that Chihuahua was old. It died. Oh. Um, so it was just funny because we just love Chihuahuas. Um, okay. Yeah, but the show had everything.
1: <laughs> Some real highbrow stuff. Oh yeah, there. we're simple. We're simple. Um, no,
0: found the show absolutely. Just yeah, I've never. Don't think I've ever seen Eleanor perform in anything. But she's the sort of performer I now want to add to. You've spoken about your list of performers. You would just see in anything, and yeah.
1: I, I would see Eleanor do anything. Mm. Um, so I'm going to
0: follow her wherever she goes. Oh my
1: god, a Jake and James fantasy is like Eleanor playing Billie Holiday in a show with David Cooney playing Elvis. <laughs> oh, um, my god, do that? Could that? Did they ever... Was there ever any crossover there? Because Elvis Different was... Different time period, I Elvis? think. 40s and 50s, though. Right? When did Billy die? Uh, 50s... Ooh,
0: 57. Right. Making that up, putting that number out of my bum. Great, okay. They could have crossed over, but only just. Mm. Elvis was, like,
1: 40s, right? 40s and 50s? No. the was F- later 40s. than 40s. Yeah, no. 50s. Definitely 50s and 60s. Um, yeah, full disclosure we just paused for a second and did some research. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't meet. They, they didn't meet. No, but they could have, because they were, they were born twenty years apart from each other, Billy being born first, and yes. they were alive at the same time. they, so they were indeed. Being on the same train. Elvis probably stole some of her music. <laughs> there seems to have been a like a blue moon overlap. There
0: you go. There you go. Oh,
1: interesting, interesting. Yeah, so I think that's what we would title the the two hander that is. Blue he, moon. Blue, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think it'd be a good name for the That's, that's a great idea. Yeah. Well, you know, that, so that's officially in the works, everybody. Eleanor, listen now. We'll we'll be in touch. <laughs> yes, I'll email you, David. <laughs> Thank you so much, guys. Um,
0: I like that we <laughs> represent each other. Of course. <laughs> um, yeah, so all that is to say, um, just I wanted to point out, one of the most chilling and beautiful and haunting moments of the show was when Eleanor sang Strange Fruit. Mm. Um, and it was towards the end of the show when she was sort of really in the midst of her struggles and sort of um, unburdening herself of all the hardships in her life. And she, yeah, just sang Strange Fruit... And it was just, again, one of those theatrical little acorns that will stick with me forever. Because mm. it was just her in this dark room. Quack, quack. Quack, quack, singing this really haunting black song. Mm. Um, yeah, that that's the end of my sentence. Amazing. Yeah, so that was, that was yeah, really, really gorge. Um, if, if you were to have, hearing how this show works, it's just like a very intimate one person with a small band. Mm. And you could have any musical artists throughout history hmm. do that like have be represented by that sort of show that really digs into the nitty gritty of their life
1: hmm. who would you want to see
0: and I know there are lots of shows like that out there but if you could pick one that you don't think has been done and I would have
1: a an actor playing this person yes yeah yeah okay do you have an answer I've got three um, <laughs> go ahead I'm better than you
0: uh, two of them are too obvious so I, I didn't want to say them obviously like Judy Garland and Liza Minnelli like those two I think well we saw Judy we did, but th- I'm thinking more like intimate sex Judy, we saw Judy the show. <laughs> we saw. <Judy. laughs> we aren't
1: 107. Judy's dead.
0: <laughs> Judy's long dead. Um, we did see Judy, so I guess not Judy. Liza Minnelli, I think, would be interesting. Okay. I'm sure that already The Boy From Oz doesn't do it for you? Not at all, no. I want to be Liza. just Liza. Okay. Um, Liza! <laughs> um, but I think Marlene Dietrich would be quite interesting. How come? I just think she... I, I don't know enough about her story, and like Billy, I assume there's a very interesting story there, because she was like a queer person from Weimar. You know Doing Out there stuff For the time Mm. And um With a beautiful Deep butch voice I just think it would be Really interesting to see Someone do that Sure Um and with like a Small Works well with like A small band In like a small setting I think I would So someone out there Do Marlina Dueta Do Marlina Dietrich Okay fun Thanks Cool What's yours?
1: Um well my mind goes Of course immediately To like who could Rob Mills play And so I would (laughs) Sort of, it's a, it's a, just a Jake answer It's not an interesting one But I'm Look I'm still Mentally stuck In the world of Elvis So I'd watch Rob Mills Play Elvis That could be funny <laughs> That sounds like a dream for you I'd enjoy that a lot And I'd like to see him Sort of like yeah Like shoved inside of a character And see what he does inside there And yeah Again after David Cooney's Elvis I'd like to see Rob Mills as one And uh, But otherwise I don't know While thinking Even just like In this thought experiment Rob Mills, Rob Mills, Yeah I um, But uh, the thought of like I kept Because it's a stage show I, My brain is forcing me To think about like musicals and, and even like Old movie musicals And stuff And the idea of Some version of it Where it's like Whether or not You take an existing musical And you like Crack it open a bit And have it almost be like A, a flip flop between like learning the story That was happening around A musical at the time Of the musical's creation Oh yeah You know Or even like Finding a movie that happened Or even like Inventing a movie that happened Around the time of A few people colliding in an interesting time In their lives And you sort of Get the songs from the show But you also get these grabs of their real lives and the way that they affected the story getting oh, told. yeah, that's great. Could be really interesting. That's really great, Yeah. So, I don't know, that... that Pick a musical, me. then. What show would you want to see that done about? Pick a musical? I, I just... No, I'm stupid. I think I'd go almost fantastical, and I'd go one of my favourite musicals, which is Lil Abner, <laughs> and I think I would have them be staging it, because the show itself is, like, inherently political, so you could alter some stuff to make it political, and then you could just insert some people into it, In some sort of... I don't know whether or not it's contemporaneous or just some other time period of like... Okay, they're restaging this old musical based on a comic strip and it's happening during the 80s or something Mm. and you just get a bunch of people of the time to be in it and you get all these different ideas kind of like kaleidoscoping and all these different lenses getting shot with these different lights throughout the show and it could be really fascinating and a cool way for people to you know get to know the musical Lil Abner which you would love which I'd love if I could just turn to any person and be like Lil Abner and for them to go yes Lil Abner Lil Abner Lil Abner not so little that's
0: my answer great answer I love that Mm. well yeah that was Lady Day at Emerson's Bar and Grill
1: and how was the steak Bit rare. Bit rare. (laughs) Like a performance that magnetic. Oh, bravo. Oh, bravo. Make it about meat. Uh, Jake, 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 Jake. 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 Hello, James. Hello, James. Hi. Hi. I went to Theatre Works. Oh. Yeah, right. Yeah. Don't be jealous. My I God. went and I saw The Long Pigs. <laughs> oh, great. How many of them were there? <laughs> um, well, I, the, the, the three. There were three in <laughs> the Not show. Not a trick question. <laughs> great. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the, the show itself was devised by Claire Bartholomew, Susie D, Derek Ives, Plunkett, and Nikki Wilkes. It was performed by three people. It was Claire Bartholomew, Moses, and Nikki Wilkes. And it was directed by Susie D. Great. It's just a bunch of names in a row. Um, yeah, went by myself, sat down, and then, yeah, started reading my book because I was waiting for the show to start. You ruined your bloody book. What, <laughs> are you reading, what are you reading this time? Uh, no, I'm still reading the the, 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 sh- the book about the actor that's worked in Shakespeare a lot, and she's played a lot of male roles, but she's a woman. Oh okay Yeah (laughs) That one But yeah Sitting there trying to read my book And then accidentally Ended up accidentally Eavesdropping on this conversation Between two theatre reviewers And it was some of the most Enraging garbage I've ever heard in my life Oh tell me Oh my god And I I I always feel bad When I end up Accidentally hearing Too much of a conversation Irrespective of who they are And what they're talking about It's like I know you don't want me to hear this And I know that you know That there are people around you And people will hear what you're saying But it was just because Obviously like It's a thing that I have A vested interest in So it was like I could not It was like the cocktail party effect Yeah It was just, they were just saying my name over and over again. It's like, I have to listen to this because I care about this so much. What do they say? But oh my god, I don't want, I, I can't say a bunch of it because I don't know. Some of it is too specific to them and mm. some of it is, is stuff that I thought it was kind of odd for them to be so comfortably saying in a public arena, especially like one pertinent to what they are talking about. Oh It's like going to a butcher shop and then being like, oh god, don't you find that meat these days is just a little bit crappy? It's like, bitch, you're in a butcher. In, you're in a butcher. <laughs> Yeah. There is meat there. Um, But yeah, no, I, I think one of the. Oh God, and I don't know. One of the things that one of them said was. Well, they were sort of. The two of them were talking about having recently seen a show that they both didn't like very much. And then they were. They said something to the effect of like. That one of them had written a really scathing review about the show, mm. and it had upset someone. Connected to the show, mm. and they'd reached out and like said something to this reviewer about being, it's, it's in some way, the the sadness of the performer or the artist got back to this reviewer, yep. and the reviewer's response. I don't know if they said it to the artist, but it was it seems to be their belief that it's like everyone knows that with negative reviews, it's like all you do is you just like. Tell the cast not to share it And not to let it get out there And like don't Don't don't, Like don't Streisand affect it Don't fan the flame Of this negative review Being out there on your show Mm. Um, And it's like Isn't inbuilt into that attitude As a reviewer The Like I don't know I guess kind of the assertion Or A lie in that belief That it's like Wait so you are willingly Putting a thing onto the internet That you know These artists Don't want out there And is As you've just experienced In this one experience of it has negatively affected them and their you know their artistic confidence and their mental health and their feeling about the piece of art they just mm. made. And you yourself are being like, all you have to do is just not tell anyone about it. It's like, bitch, they only have to, like, keep this, like, you know, web page a secret because you put it on the internet. Yeah. You know? And that isn't making you question what you're doing with your voice. Friends don't let friends become theatre critics. And th- that really... It <laughs> was... Yeah. That's yeah, horrible. Emblematic of that. It was really, like, yeah, upsetting and a bit enraging and a bit like, oh, God. I, I, at the same time, as was being grateful that I got to hear this from, like, you know, the, the, the critical horse's mouth. It was like... <laughs> Also, like, God, this is, like, really... like To have it confirmed. It was just, yeah, really upsetting. And just, like, the, the, just the tone of their conversation. And just, like, I don't know. Again, I don't want to dwell on it because it just makes me upset. But it was, yeah. like, yeah. But it was really interesting. And it was also interesting, too, to, be like, have been sat so close to them and to feel kind of, like, not that in any way it seems like there is, like, a, a theatre like discourse theater review community Hmm. which there may be like these these two seem to be quite close but it was it was it was just interesting to be like accidentally kind of like pretty much sat beside these people with whom i i I guess i'm technically a peer of yeah a colleague of and it's like wow we do not share a lot of philosophies sounds like fate Uh, sure sure i guess it's it's, yeah almost like an on the nose way it was a little bit fateful um But yeah, it was like, oh God, I just don't like or respect what they're doing. Anyway. Let's talk about the show. Let's talk about the show. Um, And that is all to say as well, I also, yeah, when I saw this show, I'm also going to flag that I went in like very much in the throes of depression. it (laughs) It was even like people that I like sort of ran into on my way into the show, I was like not able to engage with. Yeah, so this is me yeah, You were very rude to me <laughs> I did not see you That I day. know But no no, I was like just not Handling society well So you know The blanket apology To everyone I encountered <laughs> When do you handle Society well? I never do yep, right. But this was the sort Where it was like I, My body language Was like Don't even try a conversation Because I'll be bad at it And I don't know It'll be so bad That you'll think You had a hand in it It's like no You're all yeah. perfect And I am a, a broken Old animatronic Yeah that's what You should be saying <laughs> it Seems like a healthy way To handle it But that. I want to say that because I was going into the show and it was a clown show. <laughs> and okay. not like a Hong Kong how hilarious clowns, so I didn't need to be, you know, chipper and upbeat, but I want to flag that I went in depressed and then got to hear two professionals being, you know, a, a cancer on the industry that I belong to. So- oh, yes,
0: yes, good. For a second I thought you meant the cast. And no. I was like,
1: "Jake, <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, no, the people in the audience. The show hasn't started yet." Great. Speaking off though, going in and like, "My god, the design of this show was stunning." Oh, really? It was so beautiful. Tell me. My God. So it was like, it was, the set design was by Anna Tregloin. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and it was like, the lighting design was by Andy Turner, which of course go hand in hand. Um, but the, the aesthetic of the show was like, so it's the big theater workspace, of course. But it's like, it was just this stunning thing of like, these sort of like clothesline ropes were suspended and there were these kind of like stain speckled drop sheets mm. across those clothesline things sort yep. of hanging around um offering like chances to like escape or be shadows and like all this sort of stuff and then there was a bunch of stuff sort of covered in these drop sheets as well like you know when you know in Jumanji when they go in and like they take the sheets off the old stuff in the house I don't like how often you bring up Jumanji <laughs> in this show <laughs>
0: um, But yes I do
1: you know um but yes so uh, and what was amazing was like in the early moments of the show they they remove some of these sheets and reveal these sort of like wooden kitschy mechanisms underneath them like kind of these like little rudimentary machines underneath oh and what I thought was like a stunning touch to it was as the sheets would come off there'd be this dust that would come out oh yes yeah like it'd been like covered for a while and I was like what a beautiful touch you know Um, that sounds great yeah Um, but yeah so these three uh, sort of like almost like gothically coloured clowns emerge um, as the show begins great the long pigs. The long yeah, and uh, yeah. These three clowns come out who presumably are the long pigs, um, but yeah, they come out and they reveal these machines. And then there's a few moments of sort of like a, a recurring sort of motif for the first half of the show is I guess it's not even a motif. It's just like a mechanism of the show where it's like uh, like a like a black clown nose gets put on a tr- like almost like a you know that game mouse trap. Yes. Yes. <laughs> of course. Yeah, like where you gradually construct the the mouse trap and yes. then you hit it and then it traps a mouse, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> weirdly, nothing to do with the movie. Mouse. Oh, mouse hunt. Mouse. Rat race. race. <laughs> Yes, Mousetrap, not to be confused with Rat Race, not to be confused with Mouse Hunt. Not to be confused. Is that the one with... Nathan uh, Lane? Yes. Yes. Hunting the mouse. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And there's like that weirdly erotic scene, maybe only I thought this, (laughs) the erotic scene in Mouse Hunt where the guy that isn't Nathan Lane gets his... Don't they run like a a string factory? I thought they ran a cheese factory. I think that's, again, two on the nose. I think... I think they run a factory that makes twine or wool or something. And the guy that isn't Nathan Lane gets like like threads of his clothes trapped in the like the will like the wool oh, stringing yes. machine yes, yes, yes. and all of his clothes get taken off by this like wool stringing machine mm-hmm. and I just thought that was one of like it was like so bizarrely like sensual and sexual to me as a child watching Mouse Hunt
0: well yeah I think that was just done for laughs I don't think it was
1: meant to be sexual but you just br- saw,
0: you I'm- saw you saw man flesh and you went awooga is what <laughs> happened
1: there I guess I it. but yes no that's very much stuck with me so that's, that's the legacy of oh, Mouse right, Hunt another weird Contraption in Mouse Hunt as oh similarly to the Long pig. there you go look at us connecting things oh god yes um yes so there were these three clowns and then I okay so we've established that I'm not good with clowns yes. in terms of, like, engaging with them, knowing how to respect their craft properly. Mm. Like, uh, the, I've s- discussed at length on this podcast with Conk about his experience of clown school. Mm. And I'm very grateful for that because I got to bring in some of the things that he spoke about with me in the episode I recently had with him into this thing of, like... And one of them, like, one of the things that stuck with me while talking to Conk about his clown experience and how to be a good clown was the thing of, like, having to have... That, having to still be fuckable while you're this clown... It's like an element. Oh, yes. Yeah? Sure. Um, So, yeah, one thing that I got to think about while watching these clowns was like, okay... Would I fuck them? What... <laughs> <laughs> would I fuck these clowns? Or is, there... is that what you were
0: thinking is... the whole time?
1: Would, would, would. Yeah, I guess well, that's good clowning. In, in, the, in the way that, you know, Conkberry succinctly explained, yeah, the sense of them having some sort of, like, dignified secret or something that means that they are... They have a thing that they are still, while being so exuberant and clownish, there is something you know, dignified and, you know, quotation marks, fuckable about them. Sure. That, that makes you want to keep watching them and wanting to be like, oh. Yep, yep, yep. You know? Yep. And yeah, these three, yeah, these based on everything that I've, like, heard about them and read about them, like, like these seasoned professionals, um, yeah, they're good at clownery. And So you're saying you would fuck the clowns? That's what I'm trying to, you know, very elegantly say. Yep. Great. <laughs> professional um, clowns. <laughs> yeah, there was a... But, yeah, again, can't do clowns and especially really? not when you're in a depressive episode even <laughs> outside of the depression like I just can't like there's something and I've like talked at length about how I struggle with clowns and it's something, something to do with like the juvenilia. there's something to do with the enthusiasm mm. there's all these things about them that I just don't respond to um, and so that was that and then the, the plot itself which it does have Based again, I had to turn to the program afterwards because I'm certain that well, I did miss something in mm-hmm. terms of like what was going on. But in terms, what I could glean from my experience of the show was that they they are like sort of like darkly colored clowns, quack quack, <laughs> with, that are f- like trying to there's something. They have black clown noses mm. and red clown noses exist, and they seem to have a complicated relationship with those red noses. Is it segregation? I don't, know. I don't clown, know if they're proposing some sort of like, I don't know, dystopic clown future where segregation is the norm. I'm not sure. But um, they are black noses and they know that red noses exist and there seems to be some type of curiosity or hostility in, in, in that world okay <laughs> i don't know and but yes so there, there's a bunch of playful stuff done with the these like black ball noses that they're toying with for a while um there's a lot of like impressive physical stuff done there's there's like little little tricycles being ridden over wooden planks oh that's that's good yeah i
0: love a small tricycle
1: and so did the audience you know it was one of those funny. things where i was like i was sitting amongst these people that were you know chuckling at stuff and i was like I guess this is good I I would love that That yeah, sounds that, like a great show for that's, me I, That's the thing You should have been there Because I think you would have Really enjoyed it And been able to be As open to it As, as so many of the other Audience yep. members were um, It was yeah And I was grateful For getting to see it Because it was sort of like a, Oh this really Even with me not being able To like properly engage with it Like even while not being able To like artistically speak The language Or even comprehend some of it it was like it was great to be like reassured by the reactions of the audience around me that stuff was going on that was really connecting with people oh that's great um, yeah which was good and again it was clearly and maybe this means nothing from someone that is not, you know, a passionate clown guy or sees a lot of, like, clowny <laughs> and circusy stuff. But it was like, it seems to be a really competent, polished, great version of whatever it was that they were doing.
0: Oh, I think that means almost more coming from someone who doesn't know much about
1: clowns. Is it? Isn't that like saying, like, I've seen four ballets and then I went to Swan Lake and it was the best ballet I've ever seen? Yeah, okay, try to take it back immediately. <laughs> but right? still, to yeah, be able to no, say that,
0: you, you are a, a seasoned theatre maker
1: you I say seasoned but I just mean old thank you James you're welcome uh, yeah yeah, it was it was nice to see these you know know, excellent performers do this thing that Mm. by all accounts was a very impressive version of whatever it was that they were doing yeah great yeah Um, was that and then but yeah then I turned to the program so the show finishes and then I turned to the program to understand what the plot was classic Jake See, like the plot was that they were hunting down all the clowns that still remain, that still have red noses. So something's happened where clowns have ended up with black noses. Clown Civil War. Is that a Marvel reference? Uh, no. Oh, you refer to the real civil, civil war? wars
0: exist outside of Marvel, Jake. Get your head out but of Marvel. But they did like the first
1: one, right? And then people got the idea from Marvel. Captain America Civil War is one of my favourite Marvel movies. I will put that out there. I'm convinced that you've polluted my mind. How so, Jack? I don't like the fact that when I hear Civil War, my first thought is, is Sebastian Stan in it? (laughs) God, he's hot. Sebastian Stan is so handsome. So handsome. (laughs) Sebastian, come and stand on my neck. (laughs) I saw him on Broadway. What? it It was... World changed. Wait, were you, when were you in York? New York? Oh, five or six years ago, Holy I guess. Holy shit, why did I not Maybe know this? Maybe slightly longer. Yeah, no. Um, what was he in? What was he, he was in, was in Picnic. Which is literally just a play about two old women in a southern American town Sitting on their porches And then one day, a beautiful barn hand comes to town Does he take his shirt off? He takes his shirt off from the get-go And and then he leaves stage with a hay bale And the two old women turn to each other And it's like, oh my word (laughs) And then I see a lot of awakenings for you here Oh my god it, it was truly like Some of my favourite things About even just like Storytelling happening all at once Oh my god Old women Hot men Southern America <laughs> It's like Wow and, and then it's like There's a dance coming up Who's gonna take who to the dance It's like Yes <laughs> Amazing This is the best conflict in the world
0: <laughs> I think so I've
1: literally cool. seen clips Of
0: Sebastian Stan in that show Because he was so sexy You lucky devil Yeah It would have been on Tumblr at the time Sure that makes yeah, sense Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. No yeah.
1: Life changing, really good. Carry on. I went to a matinee. It was just me and a bunch of old women. I am going to look up Sebastian Stan in Picnic, but carry on. Okay, so this is going to be one of those times where you Google something horny and I talk while you pretend to listen. Yeah, that's nice. That, okay. <laughs> um, but yes, clownery. Um, a super duper one I bring up. I, I urgently must discuss the fact that I still can't handle people eat like people eating bananas. And I can't handle people eating. What <laughs> I get disgusted by the sound of people eating. It
0: makes me want to like retch. Like if I hear people chewing, mm. I it's it's happened in the past two years. It's it's become a real thing for me. Like if I hear anyone going like, I like oh, oh! oh. oh. like oh. immediately I can't handle it. I can't handle it. Right. Yeah. I, there was a video game I used to play, but I had to stop because every time you had to like eat, it made play this eating sound that was so just this normal eating noise but I couldn't do it because every time it played and I had to stop I had to
1: stop the game oh revolting yeah yeah no no I was bad with that as a child just like eating sounds Um, outgrew that but still very much can't handle a banana and of course bring it up because in in, in The Long Pigs there was a banana chomped upon Um, is it because
0: it's too phallic
1: No, the phallicness is the one thing it brings to the table that I'm kind of into. No, I'd say it's the consistency. Like, the fact that a banana's consistency is, like, alarmingly close to that of a slightly roasted potato. It's, there's something, it's an in-between. Like, the fact that it's almost like a bread. I just don't like, and I don't like that it's a fruit that is so void of the type of moisture you expect from a fruit. I just, it's like, the fact that it's, like, juiceless. God, I wish you just didn't like it because
0: it was too much, like, a dick.
1: No, again, it's dickiness is... The best thing about
0: it. (laughs) Speaking of, I just looked up Sebastian Stan in Picnic and... Jesus Christ. Yeah,
1: see? Handsome people are handsome. Fuck me. Yeah. Um, So you don't like bananas. And I wish I could, I guess, just because I don't like having this many kryptonites out there. You're not the biggest fan of clowns, but you can recognise this was a good clown show. Yes. You don't need to run through a bullet point list of the things that I've just been rambling about and feel no pressure to do that. (laughs) I'm here. (laughs) Um, So, in the spirit of not understanding clowns, um, (laughs) when you go to a circus... Is there a particular act that you're like, what's the best circus moment for you? Okay. If someone's like, and now... here They use one of the Lady Day microphones, and they're yep. like, now next up, here's the wonderful Blatler doing this. So this is like a big circus, yes, yeah? so like just a big yes. circus
0: in a tent. Uh, well, when I went to Hot Summer Nights, which was that... Um, oh, that mid- sexy summer- outdoor gasworks se- Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, there was someone that did the um, uh, balancing on the chairs. Mm. Which I always find absolutely amazing when they do it properly, like six or like five or six chairs stacked up diagonally, balancing on each other, and they just get up on there. I think any sort of like intense balancing that requires like a lot of core control, mm. I always find fascinating and amazing because it's like it's not a magic trick, it's not like uh, clowning, it's nothing like that. It's like genuine like skill, like mm. just raw ability, mm-hmm. and I always find that absolutely amazing. Like, anything that requires that sort of amount of control, I find very impressive. Okay. Um, otherwise, I would just say sex appeal. So, like, if you're a sexy hot guy in, like, a thong
1: doing a spin around trick, I'm into it. I love it. I wonder how tiny their talent could be. Oh. And you would still be like, good show. Oh, yeah. Oh, if, they're, <laughs> if they're
0: ripped and, like, beautiful and they come out and just do, like, a little wah-wah-wah dance, I'd be like...
1: I'd be so into it Maybe that's the show That we should do next Just like okay. find the hottest Stupidest people we can Yes And just get them to learn Tiny little Tiny piddly nothings <laughs> But then frame it as if It's the most Most opulent circus You've ever seen. This written. is the greatest show This <laughs> <laughs> is the <laughs> All right yeah, what, about you, what do you What What about me? Is there anything That the circus does That actually um, That you are like Excited to see I think Outside of all this Sex nonsense you're talking about Because I, I feel like nonsense. I've seen so many Sex circuses I, um, In to, my dreams yeah. <laughs> so, no, I've been to too
0: many sexy circuses you I've seen too many sexy magicians
1: yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'd say Outside of all of that nonsense I'd say something that I do like about the circus Is the way that it can incite Outside of any sort of emotional thing because I feel like that isn't circus-specific, but it's a thing that circus has proven itself to be very capable of, mm. which tends to oftentimes just tie itself to seeing two male acrobats really care about each oh, other. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you cried the tumbling men. <laughs> yes. And at the horoscope one. That circus is
0: coming back. <laughs> circus 180 or whatever it is. It's oh, coming, great. You come coming to the art centre. Oh, my God. Those, you go see it those Italian the brothers, men.
1: they better be there. My God. Oh, God, they'll be there. <laughs> um, I'd say physical feats beyond being like very strong and well-balanced, and I don't know how often this happens in circuses, but I'm thinking... I'm going down the, the, the clown chain of options when it comes to, like, throwing pies and whatnot. I think I'd happily sit there and watch a person try to... Like, I guess I'm going body horror. I want to see how many, like... How many quiches can you eat? <laughs> huh. Is this the circus? I think <laughs> this is just your dreams.
0: I heard about a show. I can't remember where it was or what it was or who did it or when. Um, <laughs> Good. Yeah. No, um, a friend of mine saw a show, like, in the last year that was... Uh, uh, it was like a uh an aerial act, but instead of like getting on the aerial ribbon, they had hooks inserted into their back. Like, d- oh, like yeah. actually in like, like Stellark style. Yeah, yeah, pierced into their back and they were like strung up and spun around. Mm. Which I think I don't know if I want to see, mm. but I think the idea of that is very impressive and amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's just something I thought I might say.
1: Okay, great. Well said. <laughs>
0: Jake? Yes, James. What's one of your favourite movies with Nathan Lane and Robin Williams? Oh, God. Oh, God. Uh, the Birdcage. Correct. Ah, ding, 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 <laughs> ding. Yeah, you did it. It's one of my favourite movies as well. Oh, good. <laughs> I love that movie. Yeah. This musical. Oh, the scene where
1: they're sitting, sitting the, on boat. the boat. Sitting on the boat.
0: Ah, Well, they're not sitting on the boat. They're sitting in front of the boat and it slowly zooms in as they sign the palimony. Oh. Who cares if I own half of what you have or you own half of what I have? Oh, the Terrible Son. The Terrible We'll t- we'll get into that. Uh, we'll get it- we'll- sorry. Sorry, go so go ahead. So I saw. I went along to the art center, mm. and I saw <laughs> La Cage aux <of> Folles. <laughs> La Cage aux Folles. That's a beautiful, tasteful La cage French, French accent. <laughs> um I've never seen La Cage aux Folles. Always wanted to see La Cage aux Folles. It, it means the cage of fools. The bird cage. Ah. <laughs> so, so those of you who don't know, La Cage aux Folles is a. Well, this one that we saw is a musical adaptation. Of a French play from the seventies um, about like it's like a man's sort of play about like um, modern uh, uh, sexuality and 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 conservatism clashing, um, yeah. And so the musical is Liberato by Harvey Fire Harvey Harvey, mm-hmm. Harvey Firestein, mm-hmm. um, which I didn't know, so that's a fun little fact. So went along with uh, our friend Prashanti. Ah, ah, Prashanti Middling! We love Prashanti Middling. Ah! Amazing. Stunning human being. Puppeteer! Was, puppeteer! Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So, we sat down, uh, sort of middle row, and the velvet red curtain. First thing, I swear they've redone the curtain, because it was the most luscious, voluminous, red velvet theatrical curtain I've ever seen. Ooh! Something about it was just radiating light. It was fantastic! Yeah. Anywho, um, show starts, and I just straight away... I love, I love Paul Capsis so much. Mm. Paul Capsis is one of my favourite performers in the world, mm-hmm. um, and I don't—I I say that very genuinely. So M- Michael Cormick and Paul Capsis are in the lead roles of George and Alvin, um, and uh, Michael Cormick plays George, who is more of like the straight-laced homosexual who runs this—the uh, birdcage, the drag bar—and Paul Capsis plays Alvin, who is like the the over-the-top flamboyant, starina Zaza. And, my God, Paul Capsus is from another planet. Paul Capsus is insane in every way, and I love them. Um, there are just so many elements to their performance that just made this show worth watching. Um, like, the first of all, costumery needs to be mentioned. Um, Joseph Koda, who did Costumes and Design. Um, hard work. For a show like this, about seven or eight drag queens and then like a bunch of supporting roles and the main characters. That's a lot of wigs and hair. Mm. Um, wigs and makeup was actually done by Drew Elizabeth Johnston. So they all shared the load. Mm. Um, and Paul Capsis had this just constant array of beautiful gowns and outfits just to be emerging in. And something about his performance was just so refined and beautiful, but also Alien and weird. And I really respect that they warped that line so well of just Mm.
1: being fucked up. At all times. Um, Have you seen Paul Capsis in anything? Just in... uh, Oh, what was it? Um, Or... No. Something descending. It was Calpurnia Descending. Yes. I loved that. I know you didn't, but I loved that. I loved that so much. I'm happy for you. Thank you. (laughs) Um, But yeah, Paul Capsis. Remarkable.
0: Remarkable. Paul Capsis is insane. Uh, So... Put throughout the show, if you've ever heard Lecajo fall, that beautiful voice of of the lead lady when Paul Capsus does it, it's this really weird up here alien voice which I really loved. Um difference between this show and the movie, the movie is much easier to follow. okay uh, in this show because the general premise for those of you who don't know is basically um, that gay couple Albin and George. Uh, they have like an adoptive, uh, George's son that they look after and raise. George's son falls in love with a girl, and her parents is like a, uh, her dad's like a really conservative politician, and they're a very conservative couple, and they're in a scandal, and they decide to come along and meet, um, the parents of the boy that she's fallen in love with, and it basically descends into like this comedy of errors, where they try and pretend to be a straight couple, and it's just very funny. The movie sets that up really well, it's all very clear from the get-go. The, the musical, it's really difficult to follow because we don't meet the other two, the, the conservative couple until act two. Oh. And they're only in for a little bit. And the stakes are never really quite clear. Okay. Um, yeah. So I just, that was, it was just funny to see the differences between how different adaptations can work and the choices that are made. Like, well, because I, it's
1: unclear that what, that are the stakes not the idea that just the relationship will have to dissolve if the parents don't get along?
0: Well, yeah, but also like, I don't know. I just found. I think if I hadn't seen the birdcage, I would have found it hard to exactly follow what was going because also all the characters' names are
1: French, ah. so it's a lot of like different. Every single um, name just sounds
0: like bon! Yeah, like the <laughs> Dodons are the the conservatives. It's yeah. a lot of that, so it's hard to follow if you haven't really if you don't know exactly what's going to happen anyway. Mm. Um, the supporting cast um of the drag queens, fantastic. Mm. Um. I love a drag queen on stage with a regular woman because it's just like what a drag queen playing a regular. No, woman. no, like a regular woman and then a drag queen because they're always just like six feet tall. I'm sorry, what are you saying? You like I drag- love how tall a drag queen is when they have like a, a someone on stage, a cis woman, just to compare the height to. It's like
1: oh, they're giants.
0: A drag queen next to a cis woman. I guess when you put it that clinically, it makes me sound weird. No, but
1: is that what you're saying? the height of a drag queen next to a regular lady. Yeah. I always find very funny. I just love a tall drag queen. Okay.
0: (laughs) Sue me. (laughs) No. And nothing, there was no taller drag queen on that stage than Nick Aynard as Chantel. Mm -hmm. Fucking eight feet tall. And the character that they played was just this bored, depressed, sad thing Mm. that was just like Angry to be on stage at all times, hmm. which I found very funny. That's it, yeah. That yeah, it's funny. But the rest of them were just fantastic. Uh, like, obviously, slick choreography, fantastic outfits, good fun. Hmm. Um, another really good part of the show: um, Laredo Malcolm as Jacob, who is the the counterpart to I "Do not wear the shoes because they make me uh, fall down." Yeah, it's um, <laughs> the Hank Azaria butler yeah, to yeah. the to the to the couple, to the the gay couple. And Laredo has this incredible intense energy. First of all, I've never seen legs as muscular as this person has. Mm -hmm. Just insanity. So well done, Laredo, for that. But also just this incredible um, charismatic energy to carry through and really light up the stage whenever they come on. And um, that was just a real joy to see. Uh, A list of my favourite moments from Paul Capsis. Um, Paul Capsis dressing up as a straight man, pretending to be straight, and doing this bizarre. So there's a part later on in the show where they try and pass Albanov as a heterosexual man, as the uncle. And he puts on this suit with pink little socks and proceeds to walk as if he is this disgusting, horrifying, meat marionette. And he's just this little creepy freak strutting about on stage, unable to really control himself. And that was just fantastic. Uh, There's a fantastic part where they're sort of talking about um, uh, their son's uh, biological mother and Paul Capsis just sort of out of nowhere just shouts out she's a bitch uh, which was funny okay Um, Paul Capsis doing I Am What I Am hmm. you know that song yeah I Am What I Am and just the, it's it's sort of like I hadn't seen the show before so I didn't know but it's after they try and do this big beautiful chorus number and suddenly um, Alban just can't go on Zaza sort of has a breakdown everyone sort of leaves the stage and he turns around and faces the front. There's this one spotlight. There's this very like Judy Garlandy moment of just Zaza sort of starting to sing this, this like ballad about being who they are and not wanting to have to hide it. Because and now we can segue into the sun is awful. The oh the bad sun. The, the bad sun. Yeah. It
1: always strikes me, and I can never get over it. Just how awful The Sun is as mm. a character. You were raised by these two men, and they you're telling them to like take so much of what they are and hide it for your yes, benefit. Yes, for your benefit. Yeah.
0: Uh, Noah Mullins played John Michelle, mm. who is the name of The son, And Noah Mullins, fantastic. Yeah. Incredible voice. Uh, there was a really well-handled moment... Uh, where he, his microphone broke hmm. um, for what his, like his only solo song yeah. so we couldn't really hear him but he projected enough when he realised the microphone was off that you could hear him wow. which is impressive on yeah. Noah's behalf and that's also incredible. one of the most just classic beautiful musical theatre voices one of those voices that you hear and you go oh that's what a cast recording sounds like right. like really beautiful um, and had this sort of I <laughs> love and Noah forgive me if this is wrong to say but I love so much where musical theatre casts heterosexual roles with just some of the most beautifully gay men in the world. Yeah. I just think it's really funny, and I think in this show in particular... You think it's funny? <laughs> yes. Okay. First of all, it's funny, but I also think it's really... <laughs> Why do you think it's funny? Because I just think it's funny when you, when you have, like, a character who is a heterosexual man and meant to be, like, this straight man, and it's played by, like, this beautiful, gorgeous twink of a person. I just always do think funny. Do you mean to say funny?
1: funny? Yeah. Like,
0: you think it's a laughable choice. Yeah, I don't th- I'm don't. i not laughing at it. I just always, I think it's cute and funny and sweet. Okay. You know, I just think sure. it's, like it's funny, it's nice. Okay. And especially in this show where it's all about, like, what is gender, what is love. Sure. Yeah. You know, bear in mind I'm saying all this as a gay man who loves gay men and thinks yeah. that gay men on stage are always great. So I just think it's funny to see that happen. Okay. <laughs> there you go! Sure, sure. Yeah, just your choice of the word funny sounds. <laughs> sure, let me follow it up with this as well. Yeah. It seems like they knew what they were doing because there's a certain point. Um, so, Genevieve Kingsford plays Anne, who is the daughter that he falls in oh, love Oh, Jen Kingsford! Jen. Oh. And here's another. Here's one qualm, one of the qualms I have of the show. Abysmally underused. Absolutely underused. Was she underutilized. playing Calista
1: Flockhart? Is she the
0: conservative daughter? Yeah, she's the daughter. She's yeah. the conser- Well, she's not conservative, but she's the daughter of the conservatives. Yeah. Um, She was on for maybe like three scenes Mm. and not used enough. Yeah. Because she was fantastic when she was on. Uh, And there's this beautiful moment where she and John Michelle have to leave the stage and because they are this sort of perfect idealised sound of music beautiful couple they both do this like ballet kick off stage together in unison. So to, to me, that suggests they, they, knew, they knew the famous coming across from Noah. And yeah. I just think that was really lovely for them to play with. Beautiful. Um, another really beautiful moment, a uh, core part of the show, was the relationship between George and Alban. Yep. So Michael Cormick and Paul Capsis. And they had this really, like beautiful and comfortable chemistry with each other whenever they were on stage that was not just believable but also really warming. Yeah. Like, just the way Michael... Uh, sorry, not Michael. Um, George comforted Albin and sort of was on Albin's side almost the whole way through unless he caved to his son. Um, and just... And Albin sort of relied on George. And watching Michael, Michael Cormick and, and Paul Capsis have this really beautiful back and forth and, like, very recognizably gay, bantery relationship. Mm was really lovely yeah. and there was this one beautiful song that michael cormick sings um song on the sand which is where he's sort of singing about he's just sort of told albin that albin needs to either hide or pretend to be straight and albin's sort of coping with it very well as you've just been told to hide your entire identity um and he, michael's um, uh, uh george sings this song on the sand and it's about this sort of beautiful memory they have together and he doesn't really remember the details and he remembers it was something about always and something about love and just sings this really beautiful genuine song about being older and remembering your past memories of, of when you were starting to be in love with this person yeah. and I just found that really beautiful I just didn't, I didn't expect to be genuinely moved by the show and I was yeah. um, another really fantastic addition to this show was Deborah Byrne who played Jacqueline who ran the restaurant next door to the to the to the bar, yep. which is not in the movie. Um this character doesn't exist in the movie. So she how to explain Jacqueline! She's like the facilitator of the big dinner at the end. They don't do the dinner in the house, they do the dinner at the restaurant, mm. where they all pretend to be a heterosexual couple and try and seduce this conservative couple into believing their lies. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jacqueline just has this one of those and we've spoken about them before, the sort of character types that exist. Like there's the 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 always the prostitute, the sort of hey, governor sort of woman. Yeah. Um, there's always like the the spooky witch ladies. Yes. And then this is another one that I think we need to talk about. The sort of Buxom, like master of the house, like oh, governmentus jagolins, I look after you, like the sort of like a bar wench, like a like a bar wench, but elevated to a point of Dolly Parton running a whorehouse. Oh, great! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And she sort of has this sort of energy of she just swoops on stage, says a bunch of really florid and fantastic things, and then sort of like swoops off in like this bunch of flowy clothes. Mm. And that was Deborah's contribution to the show, and I thought it was fantastic. Beautiful. One thing I will say. Uh, it felt like maybe they didn't have the I don't know I don't know if this was like a purposeful choice or done for cost, uh, but a lot of the show was done in front of that red curtain. so oh, so several of the several of like the talking to the audience scenes, which it made a lot of sense for, but then several of like the um, big numbers sort of had a lot of time in front of the red curtains, which just to me felt a little bit I don't know, I don't know. it felt a little bit like I want more than this. Okay. In that in that moment, there were definitely moments where it worked, like Michael Cormick sort of addressing the audience and welcoming to the La Caja Fall um, in front of the red curtain, made total sense. Mm. But but when you've got like the big La Caja Fall's number, and you've got like a, people doing the little dance in front of the curtain, it just felt a little bit like where's the drag club, like where's right. the sh- where's the where's the dance hall? Mm. And they did obviously get to it, and there was beautiful set behind them for the whole show, but. I don't know. I just feel like something about doing a show, like things in front of a curtain too much, to me feels like, and maybe it's just because we did this a lot, but in my youth theatre group, we did a lot of in front of the curtain things. Okay. And I don't know if that's. And that just... was
1: because you couldn't afford the set that you wanted for it?
0: Um, I assume so, yeah, because yeah. it wasn't a very wealthy group. Or was it just a really good curtain? It was a beautiful curtain. <laughs> <laughs> the Kuyong, Kuyong uh, Renaissance Theatre. Mm, beautiful. beautiful. Well, that's all yeah. I've heard about them. Yeah, curtain, curtain, quality. curtain quality, quality curtain, and I will stand by that. Um, yeah, look, I enjoyed seeing the show. I enjoyed seeing La Caja Fall. I've always wanted to see it. I think it was worth it just, just for Paul Capsis. Hmm. If if anything, I would pay money to see that weird little gobbledy freak do a poo on the stage. You Good know, God. I would do anything to see Paul Capsis do anything. I love them so much. Huh. Um, yeah, and to see them in this horrible white dress with rainbow frill and a big, giant pink wig was worth it for me.
1: Hmm.
0: Well, Jake. Yes? Uh, one thing that we should also address that I'm sure you, dear listener, are just eager for us to talk about. How about this weather? The weather? Oh, yes. sure. Yes.
1: Crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Crazy. Are you excited
0: for Christmas? It's coming up. Christmas.
1: Ah! Uh, br- uh, it, it, oh, it's... No, it's fine. Like, I'm happy for other no. people that like Christmas. It's great I for them. don't care. It's No, it's, it's the same as people having dogs. I don't want one. I don't like them, but I'm glad you've got one and I hope you have a good time with it. And I would never kill that dog. No, I'm not kicking no dogs. I'm not stabbing no dogs in no faces. It's a bit I'm not stealing any chihuahuas and giving them to theatre companies. I'd never do something like that. Wait a minute. Nothing. <laughs> you misheard me. Sure, <laughs> yeah, I must have. I must have. Anything else you want to say before we wrap this baby up and throw uh, it off the bridge? I guess as
0: as uh, uh, we may already disagree with many of the things we've said in this episode. We are human beings, and our opinions change fluidly as they should, because otherwise, <laughs> what is art?
1: Yes, you. <laughs> indeed, what is art? What and, is art? And you, you, yeah, your thoughts should be like. Fluid. Like jelly. <sighs> <sighs> um, and friends don't let friends become theater critics. Yes, as we've experienced this episode. Mm,
0: mm, Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't get into it. I'll get too upset. If you're doing a Christmas pantomime, let us know. Please. Oh oh my God. God, I would love, I would love to see it. If we
1: don't get to see at least one Christmas pantomime each, what are we even doing?
0: What what is the point of this?
1: (laughs) What is art? What is art (laughs) if not for a Christmas pantomime? (laughs) Um, Yeah, but if you're even doing something that isn't a Christmas (laughs) pantomime. (laughs) Pantomime. De-pantomime, which is where you rip pants off a mime. (laughs) I think that's just sexual assault, Jake. Why is it sexual?
0: Pants aren't inherently sexual. I think the mime would have something to say about that. Actually, you know what? I don't <laughs> think they would. Exactly! There a mime! <laughs> Rip as many pants off as you want! So, even if you're not doing a Christmas pantomime, let us know. We have an email, we have an Instagram, we have all sorts of
1: things. Yes, yes, yes. Please invite us to whatever odd thing you're doing. We'd really love to come and see it and talk about it. Yeah, um, on this show that you, dear listener, just listened to. Yeah, um, yeah, Yeah, have a wonderful
0: day. Um, Wherever you are, I hope it's going really well. And if you are getting married to Jacob, we hope it lasts.